0: Hey everybody, I am so glad that you are here with us this morning. Uh, whether you're out in our courtyard right now, here. Yes, I want to hear, yes, I can see you guys. Uh, I hope you can. Uh, some of you can see me uh, out from the courtyard, but I know that many more are joining in online and it is great to uh, have you here with us. And listen, in our series that we've been in the middle of, uh, going through the book of Acts, I don't know... If there is a more significant or foundational message than the one that we're going to have today and then the follow-up part two next Sunday, it's about following God. And I think that out of all the messages, it's like we have to be people both personally, as our families, and as a church that say we are people who have set our hearts to follow after God. Amen? This is what Jesus said. He put it this way. It was so significant. He said it in John 12, 26. He says, anyone who wants to be my disciple must follow me. Because my servants must be where I am. I mean, so we ask the question of ourselves. It's like, if we're not following after God, then who is it that we are following? because we're all on this journey and we're either following God, right? We're following after Jesus or we're following um, after lesser or other gods. But listen, following Jesus requires one thing, that we know where he is leading. And so that's really at the heart of today's message and next week as well, as we consider how do we know where he is leading? So we have to keep asking this question of ourselves. God, where are you leading me? Where are you leading me personally as a family? And also, where are you leading us as a church? Because we want to be people who follow after you. And listen, this is my prayer. That as we embark on this conversation about following after God, that we would hear his voice even in today's message and next week. As I've been praying for you, I've been praying that there are some that between uh, today and next week, you have been asking some very significant questions. And I believe that even as we are on this uh, and in the middle of this conversation, that you are going to hear something from the voice of the Lord saying, this is the way that I want you to come. I want you to follow after me in this direction. That is my prayer for you. And but I hope it's uh, you, the prayer for, for yourself that you would be saying, God, I want to follow after you. I want to hear your voice. So we need to keep asking this question, Jesus, where is it that you are leading? Go ahead and put up that first slide. Listen, I think that our lives are much like this one right here. There are just so many decisions that are out in front of us. And it's like, which way are we going to turn? Where where are we going to go? Are we going to follow after Jesus or are we going to follow after other gods? Now listen, we, we probably think about that like, you know, we're faced with so many decisions and we think that it's the huge decisions, the big ones, the major ones that are actually going to set the direction for our lives. But here's the truth. The truth is that it's the thousands of little decisions that actually set the direction of our lives even more sometimes than the few really large ones. But so when you look at this slide, We can follow Jesus, we can follow after other gods. I wanna just ask you this, what are the other gods that we follow? I'm just gonna give you a few of them to think about, things that we follow when we're making our decisions. Sometimes we follow after temptation, right? It's just like those shiny, bright objects that are luring us to go in the wrong direction. Now, I don't know what tempts you, I only know really what tempts me, but boy, the world is filled with temptation. Just just those shiny, bright objects that are like, hey, Tino, come this direction. You know, come this way. I want to lure you away from the things of the Lord. You know, and as I get to know uh, myself really well and know the temptations that I face, and then I'm in conversation with so many others, just about, where they're at in their lives and their temptations. I just know that the the world is filled with them. And so sometimes temptation leads us off. Second thing that's, I think, a lesser God that we will follow after is our own self-interest. Like, what is in it for me? I want to take something out of this decision. So what is in it for me? And so we think about greed, we think about fame, we think about popularity, we think about, man, if I go this direction, I'm going to end up with better looking friends, right? It's like, so I'm going to go this direction because this is going to be a little bit cooler, a little bit better for me. And so we follow after our own self-interest. The third thing I think that we end up following after other gods is we follow after ease, And this is kind of like being a little bit lazy and we talk about the path of least resistance. Meaning like this is the easiest way to go. You know, like water follows the path of least resistance. That's why rivers take those little jaggedy paths. Is because you know they bump into something hard, and what does the water do? It just it, it turns around that and goes the easy way. And sometimes the choices that we make and the decisions we make, instead of following after God, we end up just taking that path of least resistance. It's so like whatever's easiest, that's the direction we go. So temptations, self-interest, or just the path of least resistance and going the easy way, I think can oftentimes direct us away from following after Jesus, right? But today, we're going to be asking the question, well, if those things will pull us in a direction away from the Lord... How, how does God speak to us? How does he lead us in ways that we can hear and that we can follow him? Because remember, if we're going to follow after Jesus, we have to know in which ways he is leading. Now, we're getting back to the book of Acts today. And in the chapters uh, 13, 14, 15, and 16, those four chapters, Acts 13 through 16, The Apostle Paul is now in the story, and I believe that Paul gives us like an advanced course in what it means to follow after Jesus. I mean, we see him in so many different settings in these chapters, and even during really difficult and challenging times, what we see is that the Apostle Paul was consistently following after Jesus, And what we're going to be talking about today and then next week is we're going to be talking about three different ways that we see the Apostle Paul following after Jesus instead of under uh, other gods, temptations and, you know, self-interest and ease. No, he didn't follow those. He followed after Jesus. And I believe that we see three patterns of, of what it means for Jesus to speak in a way that we can hear him. So that we can assure ourselves that we're following after Jesus instead of after other gods. What are those three categories? The first one is this. Well, you know what? Yeah. So the first one is just God's voice. Like God will speak to us in a way that he gets our attention. He knows how to speak to us in a way that we would hear. Hey, Frank, out there in the back row, yes, I know how to get your attention. And you know what? God knows how to get our attention. We're going to be looking at uh, the Apostle Paul and how uh, God just spoke right into his story to get his attention and let him know the way he was leading. But the second way that we're going to look at is not just God's voice. God will use a person's voice. God will speak to us through other individuals and we're gonna see today that not only is sometimes that really, really wonderful and nice that we're hearing other people's voices and God speaking to us, but sometimes it's actually kind of hard to hear those voices, but God will use those in ways to lead us. Then next week, we're gonna spend a whole message just on this last way that Jesus will lead us and that is through the process of discernment. It is so important that that we learn how to discern. We're going to be seeing something in Acts chapter 15 that I think gives this amazing pattern of how we can learn how to discern God's voice. But today, we're looking at those first two, how God will lead us through his voice and through the voice of another person. Now, this first way that we're going to be looking at That God's own voice will speak out to us and grab our attention. You know, it's really probably the most obvious one that we would think of. Well, Jesus wants to lead me. He better speak in a way that I can hear. This is when he shows up directly in a way that we can't ignore. He just grabs our attention. So we're gonna look at a couple of stories in these chapters that are gonna illustrate how God did that in Paul's own story to let him know, hey, this is the way to go to follow after the Lord. The first one is at the beginning of Acts chapter 13. It's found in verses two and three. Would just read along with me and you're not gonna miss it because God speaks really clearly and directly to Paul here. It says that one day... As Paul and other leaders were worshiping the Lord and fasting, it says the Holy Spirit said, Hey, dedicate Barnabas and Paul for the special work to which I have called them. I mean, God just interrupts their worship gathering, says they're worshiping, they're fasting, and God interrupts with this prophetic message. message. Dedicate Barnabas and Paul for the special work which, uh, to which I've called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. Listen, this is a prophetic word. This is where God gets our attention and it's just so clearly his voice because it's like direct. It's like, hey, you. I mean, God knows their names, right? God knows your name. He knows how to get your attention where he just calls you out and says, this is the way that I want you to go. And that's exactly what he did for Paul and his friend Barnabas. Right there in a worship prayer meeting, they were fasting. I want you to notice something, you know, because sometimes we might ask, well, why doesn't God speak to me this way? Why doesn't he uh, speak to me this clearly? But I want you to see, what were they doing? They were leaning in to tune their hearts to God's voice. What were they doing? It says right in there, it says that they were praying, they were worshiping, and they were even fasting. Fasting is just simply you know, turning off every other source and 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 voice so that I can more clearly hear God's voice. So that's what they were doing. I mean, they were dedicating themselves, leaning in to saying, Jesus, we want to hear you clearly. Would you speak to us? And so that's what they were doing. Sometimes we say, God, why don't you speak to me this way? And it's like, hey, are we worshiping him, praying and even setting aside other things other voices that might be clouding our ability to hear God's voice, right? Listen, there, there was a time 19 years ago when Kelly and I thought that we were really beginning to hear the voice of the Lord for our family. It was this a, an incredible season of, of God speaking to us and we'd been in some meetings where, where we heard this call go forth about, about going east, and it was like, wow, it just surprised me. It caught me by surprise. I, I was like, what, what, God, what are you saying? We lived in Southern California at the time. We thought that we would always be in Southern California. We loved it. Um, our kids enjoyed it. We had so many friends. We had so many great connections. And it was like, we didn't think God was ever going to move us from where we were. But then we began to hear this word about going east. And God just began to confirm it over and over and over again to the time where it's, okay, God, we know, we, we are hearing you, but we still don't know, like, where we're going to go. Like, go east is a really big uh, concept. You know, we, we really believe this is going to be somewhere on the east coast, but, you know, there's a whole lot of places you could end up and a lot of things that we could have been doing. And so it was on Sunday, July 1st that I began A week of fasting and prayer saying, God, you have to show us where is it that you want us to go? If we're going to follow you, we have to know where it is specifically that you're leading. Where are you leading us? And it was on Monday morning, July 2nd, the very next day that I got a phone call from the Foursquare Bible College on the East Coast saying, hey, your name came to our attention. Um, we would like to consider you to become part of our staff and administration at the Bible College. It was like, where are you calling from? Uh, and it was, the, it was the Fourscore Bible College on the East Coast in Virginia. God speaks to us when we are pressing in and leaning in to him to hear his voice he will speak to us that way. Does he always speak to us that way? Does he always speak to us that uh, clearly and grab our attention? Not always, but he does. We see it in the life of Paul. I know that I've experienced this a handful of times in my personal story where God just picks up the phone, as it were, and says, hey, I've got something for you. So, but now we're going to go forward a few chapters. We're going to go to chapter 16, because I want you to see something different. Because in, in, this, in, in that first illustration, it was like God speaking like through another individual. Like there was the voice of a prophet that said, hey, Barnabas and Paul, I'm sending you out. Right? But I want you to see a different way that God spoke directly to him, but not through the voice of a prophet. It's found in Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10. Listen to this very interesting story because it has some twists in it that you are not going to expect. It says that next, Paul and Silas, who's traveling now with another companion, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia. Why were they in Phrygia and Galatia? It says because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. This is crazy how God, like, literally intervenes, this divine intervention in their story. And what does God do? He stops them from preaching. I mean, it's like, what, what just happened right here? I mean, like, Paul's like, man, we're headed to Asia. We are going, uh, you know, to those people. We believe that that's the next place on our assignment from the Lord. woo Paul and Silas are all excited, you know. It's like, man, we're going into new territory. Like, look at all these cities we've been in. And now we've got this new whole region that we're going to get into to preach the good news of Jesus And what does it say? It says the Holy Spirit stops them in their tracks and will not let them proceed. Now, listen, I I don't know what what, what you think about that story, but I'm actually really thankful for it. Because likewise, I've had times in my own story when God has just said, no, no. You ain't, ain't going to go there. Now, it doesn't tell us in the story how God stopped them. We're, we're really not sure. I mean, you know, it could have just been like, hey, the gate's closed. Maybe, maybe there was people that uh, turned them away. You know, maybe there was some other signal that God gave them. But it was very obviously and evidently a closed door. You may not go into this area. And so we, we ask ourselves, like, when we hear this, like, No. You're not going there. But God, I want to do a good thing for you there. This is like, God, I'm not doing bad stuff. I'm not following after my temptations. I'm not taking the easy road. Sometimes we can be shocked when God says, no, you're not going that, that direction. But I believe that there's at least two things going on whenever God says no. One, he's protecting us. From what? I, you know, I don't, I don't really know. We, we're not going to know probably until we're with Jesus face to face. Someday, when we say, God, could you just like go back and tell me like what that was all about? We do not know what God is protecting us from. I know when when we were raising our kids, uh, I know that there were times that God blocked us from, from moving certain places, doing certain things. And I just have to wonder, maybe it wasn't God just protecting me. Maybe God was protecting my Kids from things that they would have had to encounter, things that they would have had to face that they weren't prepared for, that would have really been harmful in their stories. Because I am not an island unto myself, right? I'm a husband. I'm a I'm a dad. You know, it's just not just me here. And so sometimes God, I believe, will stop us to protect us, and maybe He's even protecting those people from us, right? Maybe maybe they're not ready for me, right? Maybe, I, maybe I'm not God's answer to every situation. So maybe God's protecting those people from me. Oh, okay. That that's, it takes a little maturity to get our, our, our minds around. But not every situation is gonna be right for us and we need to trust the Lord. And that's exactly what Paul did and those with him that say, like, okay, we're not gonna go that direction. But not only is God protecting us and others, but I also believe that God is preserving us for something else. Listen, if I would have gone through certain doors that I would have loved to have gone, gone to, you know, uh, just in ministry, pursuing different things, different job opportunities, ministry things, if I would have gone through every door, um, guess what would have happened? There would have not have been enough of me left to do the other things that God was saying, no, I have another assignment for you. <laughs> you just haven't figured it out yet. So I so there's protection that God is giving, but he's also preserving us. Listen, friends, have you heard like God say no to you? You, you need to rejoice a bit. You need to say, okay, all right. God, I I didn't get it at the moment, but God... I believe that you were maybe protecting me from things that I'm not going to see in this lifetime, but I trust you that you were protecting me. And God, I think you're also maybe preserving me for what's next. So God, keep leading me so that I will see what's next. And that's exactly what happens to Paul in this story. God stopped them from going into Asia, stops them right in their tracks. But then when we pick up the story in verse 6, this is like exactly like right following into the next verse. And it says, that night, Acts 16, 6-10, that night, Paul had a vision. I mean, God didn't even wait, right? That night, they were stopped from going one direction. And it says, that night, Paul had a vision. This wasn't a prophet that came. This wasn't out of the mouth of someone else. This was God speaking right into his story. Paul has a vision, and it was a man from Macedonia in northern Greece. He was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And I love what it says. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. So listen, friends, do not be discouraged when God shuts a door. In Revelation 3, 7, I love what it says. It says that what he opens, what God opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. So it's like, when you are like faced with with a, a challenging decision, like, God, am I supposed to go this way? And there's a no from the Lord. You're not to go there. You can rejoice. And like Paul, you can conclude, he's got something else for me. And I love what it says. It says, right then, it says, at once they got up and said, hey, God is calling us to Greece. We're going to northern Greece to get after God's work there. They concluded this is what God was preserving us for. I love it when God not only opens doors, but He closes them. Why? Because He's eliminating options that I don't need to explore. If God is saying no about something, it actually brings me great peace because there are so many, there's like millions of options in the world. And I don't know what question it is that you're facing right now. You know, it's like, who am I gonna marry? What job should I take? You know, should I step to the left? Should I step to the right? Jesus, I wanna know your way. Please, God, show me how you're leading me. Praise the God. Praise God when He shuts doors, because He literally is saying, "Nope, not you know." He's eliminating some of the options so that you say, "Okay, God, I'm going to trust you that you're not leading me in that direction." Thank you, Lord. I don't know what misery you are saving me from, but I know that you are protecting me and you're preserving me. And you might be saying, man. God doesn't speak to me like that. Like, I, I don't know, you know, the last time I've heard like that prophetic voice, some someone coming and saying, hey, this is what God wants you to know. And man, I don't know the last time God's woken me up with a vision like, hey, this is where you need to go. But here's what God's word promises. And we looked at it last week. He says that he will speak to you. He says, keep on asking, keep on seeking Keep on knocking because those who do, who ask and seek and knock, God's word says, Jesus says, you will receive, you will find. And if you keep knocking, the door is going to be opened for you. But sometimes I think like when it comes to hearing God's voice, we we think like we've got to hear from the prophet. Like, well, God, if you would only send a prophet to me, then I would know. Or, God, I just need a vision from you. God, if you woke me up with a vision, you know what? I think I would be obedient like Paul. But here's the truth. You don't need a prophet, and you don't need a vision, because God has already given you his word. Listen, if you are someone who is seeking, asking, seeking, and knocking, you're going to be someone who's saying, God, I want to be somebody who is actually reading your word. And I believe like what the psalmist wrote in Psalm one nineteen one o five, 105, that God, that your word will be a lamp unto my feet, right, a guide for my steps. Because God has already given us his word. So are you in it? Are you saying, God, speak to me as I, as I open your word? God, I'm knocking. Your word says that you're going to answer the door. So before you say, God, why, why doesn't a prophet come? Why doesn't the vision come? Open your Bible and say, God, would you speak to me? Would you show me? Because God is really good at highlighting and calling to our attention what he has given us in his word. And I also think that as we're listening carefully and closely, that even in moments like this one, right? Because if you're still here, if you're still online, if you're still in the courtyard, if you're still paying attention, maybe even what I'm sharing could be something that would bring confirmation, affirmation, would be the very thing that God is wanting to speak to your soul there'll be a little bit, you'll hear it differently than the person even sitting right next to you. Because God knows how to get your attention. I don't know how many times in in ministry where where someone has come to me after a message, just one, just like a regular message like this one, where someone will come and say, pastor, how did you know? Like that message, I don't know if it was for anybody else, but it was for me. Well, why would anybody say anything like that? It's because God knows how to get your attention. So he'll even use a guy like me, right? Just like an ordinary person, but is delivering something of the word of God to you. And the Holy Spirit has a way to like get out that big highlighter and say, hey, you needed to hear this. So don't wait for a prophet. Don't wait for a vision. Get into God's word and lean in every opportunity you have, even in settings like this one, where it's like, God, speak to me. I want to hear. I am ready to receive. And I believe that when you do, that God will speak to you. And sometimes he will give you a vision. Sometimes a prophet will come with that message for you. But I believe that day to day we can hear his voice even very directly to us. But listen, even though this right here that we've been talking about, about God's voice speaking to us, even though that might be like the most obvious way that God would lead us, it's not the only way. There's, there's other ways. That's like a supernatural means of him speaking to us. But God will also use natural ways to speak to us. And I want you to check out this, this uh, these other couple of, uh, stories from these chapters just to hear how Paul was led, not only through the voice of the Lord, but how God used other people in, in his story as well. One of these is back in chapter 13, Acts 13, verses 42 through 44. Listen to how Jesus led Paul through other people. It says, as Paul and Barnabas left the synagogue that day, The people begged them to speak about these things again next week. Many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, and the two men urged them to continue to rely on the grace of God. The following week, that very time that God, or the the people had begged them to return, say, man, come back and speak to us. Listen, it says, the following week, almost the entire city turned out to hear them preach the word of the Lord. I mean, these people were begging them, hey, please, please come, please come back. Please teach us more. We want to hear more. And you know what, God used a person's voice to bring uh, leading for them to know, hey, God is wanting us to stay right where we are and to continue doing what we are doing right here. This, my friends, is the power of invitation. Because sometimes it's not this big prophetic word, sometimes it's not a vision, sometimes we don't even like, or we're not like reading the Bible and God says something. But But as we listen carefully to how God would lead us, sometimes God will use just the power of someone's invitation. And that's exactly how Kelly and I ended up here at the Santa Maria Foursquare Church. We were up in the Northwest uh, serving, ministering, doing stuff um, in the Portland, Oregon area in the Northwest when God showed up in the person of our friend Dennis Easter. Dr. Dennis Easter happens to be our district supervisor here in Foursquare in Southern California, and he's, he's now my boss. But five and a half years ago, almost six years ago, in fact, six years ago this month, wow, it was Dennis who called me and said, hey, we think there's going to be an opening in the church in Santa Maria. Would you pray about it? And so we just began to pray and at every step, God just continued to give green lights. Like there was no red lights warning us away from Santa Maria. And so we kept on saying, yeah, we, we think that God may be leading us there all the way to where Dennis invited us to come to pastor here in this great city. And I am so thankful Because because of that invitation, we arrived here to pastor, and because of that, we've gotten to know so many of you and get to share life and love and relationship, and we're on this journey together, aren't we? And it was because the power of, of an invitation. God will use people, just like he did right there in Paul's story. People said, hey, we want you here. Please, please come. But... The story continues, so they ministered there for a bit. They moved on to another area. There was great success and I want you to just go a few verses later, and I want you to see how God used more people, other people, and their voice to help give direction as well. check this out it 's in verses forty nine through fifty two of acts thirteen and it says this it says so the lord 's message spread." throughout that region. So there was great fruitfulness, there was effectiveness. But then it says this, then the Jews stirred up the influential religious women and the leaders of the city. And what happened? It says, and they incited a mob against Paul and Barnabas and ran them out of the city. They ran them out of town. So what did they do? It says, so they shook the dust from their feet. You know what they did? Shake it off. I mean, they just shook it off. They're like, okay, God is speaking to us through these people who just ran us out of town. So they shook the dust from their feet as a sign of rejection, and they went to the town of Iconium instead. Now listen to how it finishes. It says, and the believers... We're filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Friends, I want to tell you, that right there, that they could be run out of a situation where people rose up against them. There was no invitation this time, but God was still using people's voices to help them discern like God's direction for their lives. They run them off and it says this, this is so mature. I hope to be here one day because it says that they were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. How could people be filled with joy when they are run out of a city? It's because they, they learned that when God opens a door, run in. But God will even use people to shut a door and that's saying that he has ministry for us elsewhere. That's maturity, to not only rejoice over the open doors, but to rejoice over ones that close as well. Like I said, I, I'm hoping to get there one day. So I wanna ask you, why is this so foundational? Why is this so important? Because listen, when we are following after lesser gods, when we're following after whether it's temptation or self-interest or just taking that path of least resistance, we are never going to become the fruitful people that God desires and and wants us to be. This is the way that Jesus put it on. We're going to finish with this, but I want you to see something from John chapter 15. God is so passionately in love with you and wants you to hear his voice and be with him always so that you can live the life that not only he wants you to live, but that you long to live. And I want you to see what Jesus says. It's in John 15 verses four and five. <clears throat> Jesus says this, he says, remain in me and I will remain in In you. Now, some of your some of your Bibles that you may be reading in those verses don't use the word remain. It it uses the word abide. You know, like to abide with me, like to live with me, to consistently make choices that are following in the direction in which I'm calling you. Remain in me, abide in me, stay with me, follow me. And he goes on and he says. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you're the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing for apart from me you can do nothing the reason that jesus is so desirous of you say of, of you following him and for us as a church to become a community that says god we are following after you we know that you will lead us And God, we are committed to following in the direction that you would lead. The reason that he is so passionate about that for you and for me and for our church is because he wants us to be fruitful. And I love the way that it says it in the Passion Translation when it says, your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined with mine. How many of you want fruitless lives, right? Just death, just hanging off the branches of our life. No one is saying, hey, that's me. I want to live a fruitless life. Well, here we are learning the very ways to have a fruitful life. And that's to follow after the Lord, to be intimately joined to Jesus, to say, God, I am gonna listen well whether it's through your voice directly or whether it's through a person's voice who's helping me to to discern and know, hey, this is the way that you are leading me or whether you're not just opening doors but maybe closing doors as well. God, I'm gonna trust your leading so that I can abide with you, so that I can remain in you, so that I can have that fruitful, full life that you've intended for me to have. Now, next week, we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about one more really important way for us to learn to grow in discernment. It's almost combining the two, the the supernatural and the natural to come to decisions in our lives. And I hope you'll join us for kind of part two in this message. But I wanna pray for you right now that wherever you are and whatever decisions that you are facing that you are gonna be confident that you are beginning to hear God's voice so that you will not live a fruitless life, but that you're gonna live that life that is full and abundant and fruitful. Let's pray together. Jesus, I am so grateful, Lord, that you speak in a way that we can hear your voice. Sometimes you'll do it directly. Sometimes you'll do it as we're reading scripture. Sometimes you'll you'll do it just as we're leaning into a message like this, and we just sense your Holy Spirit just calling our name and leading us. Lord, sometimes you'll you'll speak to us through others around us, through friends, through through our spouse, through our kids, through just through friendships and those people that are surrounding us in our church family. That God, you'll speak to us through others as well. But Lord, you will use ways to. Let us know what doors you're opening and what doors you're closing. But in every way, Lord, we want to say, God, we want to be your people who are going to listen to how you're leading so that we can follow you, so that we can have full and fruitful lives, the very lives that you have promised. And listen, as you're listening to this message, and, and if you realize, man, I've been living kind of this fruitless life, this, this life that's more filled with death than life, That I want you to, to, to take God's words right now seriously for yourself. The very word that Jesus spoke there in John 15 that says it's, it's through me that you can have life. Is if you remain in me, if you abide with me. In other words, if you make your home my home and come and live with me, Jesus' promise is that you are going to be able to live in him, and because of that, there's going to be a new life and fruitfulness in your own life. And if you have maybe gone way far away from the Lord, or, or maybe you've never said yes to Jesus, I want to come and live and abide with you, would you pray with me? right now. And, and I'm going to lead, but you may want to just repeat these words in your own heart or speak them out of, of your mouth and follow me, but, but just go ahead and pray along with me. Jesus, I want to learn what it is to follow you, to remain with you, to abide with you, to make your home my home. Jesus, I want to live with you God, I repent from following after all these other things, temptation, my own self-interest, or maybe just even just taking the easy way. Jesus, I want to follow after you and find true life that is available in you alone. So God, I commit myself to this path. I commit my life to yours. Lord, I repent from all of the past. And Lord, now I say yes to you. And friends, if you said yes to Jesus, guess what? He says yes to you. Everyone, it says, who confesses Jesus as their Lord will be accepted into his household. In fact, he says that he calls you his son, his daughter. You are now in the family of God. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Listen, we have a resource for you. It's really easy to find. If you go right onto our church website, um, if you just go to sm4.org and then put in slash yes, just the word yes, what you're going to find is you're going to find some resources for what it means to like, wow, saying yes to God. and, And then how do I keep saying yes to him as well? And if you'd like this in print, if you'd like to get a pamphlet from us, we'll be happy to send that anywhere in the world that we can reach you. And so just go onto our church website, sm4.org. Right on our homepage, you're gonna see a virtual connection card. Click on that and you can say, hey, I gave my life to the Lord today and we would love to send you a a yes booklet uh, just to explain how you uh, can keep saying yes to the Lord. Um, It's going to just be our honor and privilege to walk along with you. Join us again next week for part two of this message in our series about becoming the church. Hey, you are loved. Have an awesome week.